Hello and welcome to another episode of Recovery Talk. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. I'm really enjoying making it, uh, so I hope you are finding enjoyment in it as well. Today, I'm going to talk about fitness and what I refer to as the fitness trap. And I know that this episode is going to ruffle some feathers. And if you feel your feathers being ruffled, I strongly encourage you to sit with that and kind of think, oh, why am I having a strong reaction to this? Because our triggers are our teachers. And I mean, I spoke more about this in episode one, Triggered, about how if it is hysterical, it's historical. So be curious about your own triggers and if you find yourself being activated by this content and if you find yourself getting defensive or anything like that. So yeah. But overall, I'm going to talk about how people with eating disorders or disordered eating or past thereof have a tendency of easier falling into new obsessions with food, body, slash exercise. I'm also going to talk a bit about fitness in itself and the fitness industry, which is often being portrayed as the epitome of health. And I'm going to look into, is it really healthy? And as always, you know that I encourage balance, different opinions. So I know people are going to disagree with me on that and have a different perspective. That is fine. That is okay. But once again, if you find yourself getting really fired up by this topic and really defensive, sit with that. Because if the shoe fits, if the shoe fits, (laughs) and if it doesn't, it's fine. Throw it away. And just as a disclaimer, this is not me (laughs) criticizing or categorizing everyone who goes to the gym or enjoy lifting weights. Not at all. That can be a very nice behavior for a lot of people. That's fine. You know, that is a good behavior for some people. For some it isn't, but for a lot of people, that is an enjoyable activity. I am talking about the, what can I say? The category of fitness where it's not really about getting stronger, getting uh, healthier, getting enjoyment out of lifting weights. It is more about fitting into a very specific physical ideal. And it is more about aesthetic than actual health and how some people within these areas go to extremes to reach certain body types that are not really healthy or sustainable. I firmly believe in bodily autonomy, so I don't want to make it seem like I'm telling people, you can't do that to your body because that is not good for your body. Not at all. I believe that everyone has (laughs) the right to do whatever they want with their body, even if that is something that is not ideal for their mental or physical health. I think you can do whatever you want. But as this is a recovery podcast, I am talking to an audience who maybe is a bit vulnerable and is feeling a bit tempted to go into this route of fitness and body fitness, maybe competing these things, and are maybe questioning a little bit their intentions, but they're also getting confused because they're getting conflicting messages from society because society praises it as health and determination. And that can be quite triggering. So if you are in a space where you're kind of questioning your relationship to fitness and whether or not that is a path you should take, I think hearing my perspective from a 
as a recovery coach and also as someone who has parents who were in the fitness community and have also worked one-on-one with people who have fallen into traps of uh, replacing one obsession with another, I think hearing me out first could be good. And then you can make yourself an informed decision. Then you have, you've heard it from different perspective because diet culture, our society will tell you that this is healthy and amazing and You've heard that side of it already, right? So I just want to give a little bit of a critical insight and view. And I hope you can hear me out. So let's get into it. The first thing you need to remember and keep in mind is that your eating disorder loves control. It loves control over food, body, and in some cases also exercise and movement. When you start recovery, your eating disorder will tend to try and push you into directions which allows you to hold on to some of that control just in a different manner so for instance you might be very tempted to go vegan and this is not me criticizing vegans overall because i know there are a lot of different reasons for going vegan and a lot of people are vegan without having anything to do with an eating disorder right but we also can't deny the fact that there is a disproportionate amount of people with or with a past of an eating disorder who who go vegan and in the same way, there is also a disproportionately high amount of people with or with a past of eating disorder that enter the path of body fitness. And of course, there is also a difference between going to the gym, lifting some weights and <laughs> living your life and getting into these more extreme uh, corners of the fitness community. So I'm talking more about the extreme corners of the fitness community, but I will also talk about just fitness in general and this whole thing of uh, strong not skinny and how that can also be just another ideal first thing to know about me is that i am a child of fitness like literally my parents the way they met was that my dad he ran a gym and my mom was training for her fitness competition and he became kind of her personal trainer so my dad was a personal trainer gym owner and my mom was a body fitness athlete my mom did not have an eating disorder but it's very interesting how some of her some behaviors and thought patterns came up when she was undernourished I'll get back to that later but overall that's how my parents met they met through fitness they uh, my mom was um, actually one of the top winning body fitness athletes in Scandinavia back in the 80s she was ripped she looked like the Hulk like she was ripped Uh, and in her case again she did not have an eating disorder but it's very interesting because when I talk with her she explains certain symptoms that I see a lot in clients, and that is she noticed she became more rigid with food. She became, she was thinking about food all the time, became more obsessive, and just everything became about food. And physically, she was cold all the time. She had very little body fat, and she lost her period. Yet when society around her looked at her, it was praise, praise, praise for being determined, for being strong, all of these things. But she had too little body fat to even menstruate. And if she had stayed on that path, then I wouldn't have been born because she wouldn't have been able to have kids. So thank God she got out of it. But when my mom talks about her time in the fitness community, she talks about it in a positive light because for her, she does not have an eating disorder. So for her, it was very easy to switch off. After a competition, she would go to the buffet and she would eat. I mean, 
get extreme hunger, we maybe call it in recovery language, but she would eat a lot and she would go back to her normal body and not really think that much about it. She could switch on and off very often and she had a lot of other things going on in her life as well. That was So her life wasn't just about the fitness, right? She had an identity outside of it as well. But it did come to a point where it was not healthy and sustainable and she wanted to start a family. She wanted to, you know, have a life outside of it because even though she did have a life outside of it, it does complicate when you are that high competing level fitness athlete. You can't just go to a party and do all of these things. So she wanted to live her life and also get her health back. So even though she was, uh, I don't even know her ranking, but she, I think she won like silver in the Scandinavian body fitness. I don't know if this was back in the 80s. She was in the newspaper, everything. Uh, but she still took a step back. And she's still a very active woman. She is. She likes being active. She bikes. And she also likes lifting some weights. But she's. it's not really centering her life anymore. And my dad as well. He's no longer a personal trainer. But he is really enjoying going to the gym. So does my brother's. I'm actually the only person in my family who does not really exercise much or go to the gym much or have ever been very, very interested in it. I'm very fine just going for a walk now and then. And yeah, it's not, it's just like, and also during my eating disorder, I actually did not struggle with exercise. And I think that's important to mention. Um, I have knowledge about exercise addiction from my profession as a coach, but I did not struggle with excessive exercise during my eating disorder. But fitness is an interesting one, body fitness, uh, competitive fitness, because we see these fitness athletes standing on the stage being completely ripped for body fat and we praise them as the epitome of health, determination, strength, when actually very often they are in the worst shape of their lives. They are dehydrated, undernourished, hormones out of whack. It does says a lot about our society that the people we portray as the epitome of health are often very unhealthy. Health is not really about health in the eye of society. It is about fitting a certain aesthetic, an aesthetic that is not sustainable or achievable for most people. So much health concern for fat people Yet these people, fitness athletes who are on the stage in the worst shape of their lives, are being praised. I want to remind you that body fat is not something to get rid of. It is an essential hormone-producing organ. We need it. It is not a bad thing. When my mom was a fitness athlete, I mean, yes, she was muscular, but more than anything, she just had so little body fat that made her look ripped. And I see a lot of people who are not necessarily very strong, but they're just so ripped of body fat that they look muscular and society thinks muscles, strength, healthy. But the truth is, if you're constantly hungry, obsessing over food, maybe having difficulty sleeping, maybe lost your period if you're someone who menstruates, lost your sex drive, and yeah, just overall feeling like shit, you're not healthy, even if you look ripped. So people are allowed to engage in fitness. Of course, I'm not here to tell you, you can't do that because it's bad for you, because it goes back to what I said I believe everyone has the right to destroy their bodies or do things that are not necessarily good for them if they want to. But I want you, if you are someone who's sitting there thinking that is what health looks like, to know that it is not. 
Also, when you see these fitness athletes on stage, that is them in their stage shape. They're not supposed to look like that all year round. When my mom was competing, she wasn't at her most ripped all throughout the year because that wouldn't be healthy or sustainable. But now in the age of social media, there is a stage all around the year, right? It is not just, people aren't just looking at you when you're up on the stage, people are looking at you when you're off the stage as well. So as a result, it becomes this pressure to maintain the stage shape throughout the year. And this creates a very unrealistic view of what you can maintain throughout the year without engaging in very, very dangerous behaviors. I see people on social media who are maintaining the stage shape throughout the whole entire year. Uh, being praised as the epitome of health when we know that body fat is an essential organ that you actually do need. And it's also important to talk about mental health here because health is mental and physical. So mentally, what you see is that people with eating disorders just tend to gravitate towards anything that allows them to restrict or keep some kind of control over food, body, and sometimes exercise, right? So fitness can very easily become this vessel for that. It becomes this space where they can engage in certain behaviors without concern and basically move from one obsession to another, right? And not get the concern and instead actually get praise for it. But here's the thing. An eating disorder, it is a disease, right? Anything that promotes a disease is unhealthy. Thus, going from one obsession to another, per definition is unhealthy because it is promoting disease, the disease being the eating disorder. Just because something is socially acceptable and even encouraged and celebrated does not make it healthy or sustainable. Don't fall into the trap of replacing one obsession with food, body, and exercise with another more socially acceptable one. Because you are still going to suffer the consequences. That is the truth. And it's very sad for me because I talk to a lot of people who went from one obsession to another and they're often so grateful that they spend so much time focusing on something that didn't really mean anything at all and just realizing, oh damn, I built so much of my identity now on something that was actually my eating disorder in disguise. And I see a lot of people in eating disorder recovery who are thinking, oh, I must go to the gym and lift weights during my recovery so I gain the right way, right? And the underlying fear here is, is a fear of fat. It is a fear that you're going to gain the wrong way, that there is a right way to gain. And that is the eating disorder speaking. I want you to know that when you are recovering from an eating disorder, your muscles are already broken down. So by excessively lifting weights, you're breaking down already broken down muscles. In recovery, you will actually gain muscle mass just from resting because muscles are built during rest. Hence, resting, you gain muscles. People never believe me when I say this until they experience it themselves and they are very confused. They're like, wait, where did these muscles come from? I haven't lifted more than my fork the last months. This is not to say that if you've had an eating disorder, you can just never go to the gym and lift weight. Absolutely not. Once again, nuance, and I know I keep repeating myself here just to remind you because a lot of times when I talk about certain issues, people just get the most 
rigid black and white extreme take of the things I'm saying like Amalia you're saying people with eating disorders can never lift weights ever no that's not what I'm saying I'm saying critically investigate if you are if you have a strong urge to exercise and recovery and lift weights and gain what you think is the right way I want you to sit with that and investigate that like what is that what part of me is it that is thinking about that and is that part of me one part that is good to feed in recovery because remember, recovery is about doing the opposite of what your eating disorder want repeatedly. And recovery, you also need a lot of rest. And if you are someone who maybe have or have had an eating disorder and you're thinking, oh, I really want to go back into maybe going to the gym, lift some weights. There are a few things that is important to ask yourself and think about. And that is, how do you feel if you have to skip a workout? Imagine if you planned a workout and it got canceled, maybe the gym shut down, or you just couldn't go, would that fill you with stress and anxiety and guilt? Because if so, chances are you're probably better off taking a break until you rewire that link between exercise eating disorder. And now let's also talk a bit about why people with or with a past of an eating disorder are so drawn towards fitness, for example. Beyond the obvious, the fact that it involves focus on food, body, and exercise. So when you are recovering from an eating disorder, when you're letting go of an eating disorder, and when you have recovered from it, you may notice that you feel almost a bit empty, like, oh, what now? Because an eating disorder, it takes up so much mental space. It takes up so much time. It really consumes your life and your brain. And then when you're letting go of that, and when you're recovering from that, you might feel quite empty, like, oh, what do I do with all of this brain space? You might feel a loss of identity as well, because you used to be the sick one. And now, what are you now? Who are you? Who are you outside of food, body, exercise, movement. And then it can be very tempting to kind of jump into a quick fix that allows some familiarity about being a lot of focus on food, body, movement. And then jumping into that as a replacement to fill this emptiness, this void, this almost hole that is left from the eating disorder. But the thing is, this hole, this void that the eating disorder leaves, it will fill up with time with other things if you let it, but you need to be patient. When I was fresh out of recovery from an eating disorder, I was literally just like, what now? Because first you let go of your eating disorder identity, and then you need to let go also of the recover identity, because recovery also becomes a safe, predictable situation and identity. And I was just like, what now? Who am I now? What do I do? Where do I go? How do I spend my time? What do I do with all of this time and life, you know? Thankfully, I decided to give it time to fill up my life again. And that really paid off. Slowly but surely, I found new interests, passions, I met new people, and I've rebuilt my life to point now where the eating disorder, besides, of course, it is my job as an eating disorder recovery coach, something I talk about, but beyond that, it is just not really a part of my life. If my job as an eating disorder recovery coach was taken away from me, I would still have a very firm identity and life and fullness overall in my everyday life. I know who I am outside of everything eating disorder related and my personal relationships are mostly about other things. 
And my free time is mostly about other things as well. And this did not happen overnight. I had to sit with some emptiness and trust the process and then slowly but surely rebuild. And I encourage you to think about that. Instead of going for the quick fixes, jumping into something that feels familiar, maybe take some time and figure out who am I. And also remember that you don't necessarily find yourself, but you create yourself. So who do you want to be? What do you want to create in your life? Jumping into becoming the next fitness athlete and going to the gym every day for three hours and constantly obsessing over everything you eat and counting your macros and spending hours on Instagram following other fitness people and praising their body, blah, blah, blah. Is that really your truest self? Is that really why you were brought to this earth? And also, could the eating disorder be finding some comfort in this? And also, if you are unsure, maybe you're thinking, hey, I really enjoy weightlifting. That's something I really enjoy. But so I'm not sure. I'm confused. Am I doing it for the right reasons? Am I doing it for the wrong reasons? You can wait. If you're thinking, I'm not sure if I'm ready yet to go to the gym. I'm not sure if I'm ready yet to go to a certain path. You do not have to rush your decisions. You can take some time and become more steady in your recovery before you decide, for instance, to go back to the gym or get a gym membership and start lifting weights or going into CrossFit or a certain community that you don't know exactly what your intentions are behind it. Take some time until you know. And you might also find that some types of movement, exercise, communities are triggering while others are not. For instance, you might find that um, body fitness and that hyper-focus on body is quite triggering while there could be another activity where you find you enjoy it and find help in that sport or activity. But overall, be mindful of communities and activities where the emphasis is on body and praising of a specific body type and aesthetic rather than just performance. And even if it is about performance, there are certain performative like sports that also have a heavy focus on body. Overall, question the messages you get from our society, from other people about health and what health is because it is very oriented around aesthetics, but that is not health. Health is not a look, it is not a weight, no matter what society and fitness magazine will try to make you believe. If you find that your community or the people around you, uh, maybe your social media feed algorithm is really promoting a certain body type and a certain niche of fitness as the ideal health, then it is okay to unfollow, mute and create a new space where you have a space around you that doesn't reinforce these things and make it more tempting to jump into it and then maybe risk falling into the fitness trap where you move from one obsession to another and your life is just about food, body, exercise, repeat, repeat, repeat. But if that is still the path you want to go to, then you are free to do so. That's the thing. You are free to do whatever you want. But always critically investigate why you're drawn in certain directions. And now to the listener question. So this, again, full transparency, I pre-recorded. So this will also be from my recovery group where someone asked, when do you know if you are ready to exercise again? 
And my first response to this would be to kind of go back a bit to what I said earlier. Investigate your reasons of why you want to exercise. Is it to control your body or to like make you gain what you think is the right way? And is it a fear of fat basically that is underlying here? Then probably not. And also look at how you feel if you have to skip a workout. For instance, if your class get canceled or you just don't have time to go or something like that. Do you feel anxious, stressed, uncomfortable, out of control? What does that bring up? And also when you're at the gym or walking or whatever you do, do you find yourself always just pushing yourself a little bit too much? You know, like for instance, you go for a walk and you just take the longest way and, or maybe you walk as fast as possible, as long as possible, these things. Do you find yourself constantly pushing the exercise to be more and more or, or more intense or longer duration? And also ask yourself this. If the exercise had no effect on your body, physically did not change your body at all, and also if it did not burn a single calorie, would you still do it? And also just from a physical perspective, I strongly discourage too much movement when you are in recovery, simply because you are trying to get out of this starvation mode, this like suppressed mode where your metabolism is lowered and you're just not in a good space physically to do a lot of movement then. Uh, so I encourage you to wait until you are more physically stable. When that is, it does depend from person to person. I know some people just assume once they hit a certain weight, they are now free to go exercise. But what is a healthy set point weight is different from person to person. And with exercise, I encourage you to kind of don't rush into it. You know, there is no rush. And if you feel like rushing, that is probably a sign that you should slow down. If you're questioning whether or not you're ready, it is okay to wait. You don't have to just straight after recovery start exercising again. You don't have to. And also you can find a type of movement that is enjoyable to you without triggering you. And also be aware if you find yourself exercising and you notice that certain things gets activated, be aware of that. Be aware of that. And you might notice that this happens only when certain types of exercise, like some might notice that running, for instance, just triggers them and puts them in a certain space, while other types of movement does not and if you are someone who normally menstruates and you have lost your period, also wait until you've gotten your period back because exercising too early can really interfere with this process. And in general, if you feel rushed to start, wait. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate it. And let me know also if you've got any specific topics you want me to talk about or if you've got a listener question, feel free to send me an email at contact at letsrecover.co.uk. You can also send me a DM, but just be aware that I don't always see my DMs. So I might not see it, but I do try to look out in the DMs as well. Enjoy the rest of your day and I will see you guys next week.